The period panel is sponsored by ActiveIron. Use the code HERSPORT30 to get 30% off. Welcome to this episode of the period panel. I'm delighted to welcome Rachel Burford to the show. Rachel, it's so great to have you on. Oh, I'm really pleased to be here and, you know, being part of really important conversations around women's health. So for those that don't know who you are, can you give us a quick introduction? Yeah, so um, as lovely introduced by you there, my name's Rachel Burford. I'm a former England international rugby player. Um, I played for over a decade at the very um, top level and still play at domestic level of Harlequins. Um, been really fortunate to have some incredible moments in my career and probably the highlight would be winning the Women's World Cup in 2014. Um, yeah, and then off the pitch, I've also co-founded a um, the Girls Rugby Club, which is all about grassroots and helping create more opportunities for young girls in rugby and talking about topics that they're not used to talking about. Um, and I also work for International Rugby Players, which has been the part of the player voice globally around the world across all issues within the game of rugby and working with World Rugby on that. So you have a lot going on anyway. Yeah, just a few things, but I love it. So we're obviously chatting here on the period panel. Can you remember when you got your first period? Yeah, I can remember it really clearly because my mum and sister, who both play rugby as well, they were away on rugby tour and I was staying at my sister's house, my other sister's house. Um, and it happened overnight and I woke up and um, found myself hadn't started my first ever period. So it was a little bit embarrassing because I had to kind of tell my sister about it. It obviously happened overnight. So you can imagine that that then I had to like show her in the bedroom. Um, and I, I remember because we were meant to go swimming. So it meant we couldn't go swimming um, that day either. So it was quite an embarrassing thing um, that first time when I was quite young. So, and because it wasn't directly to my mom, mm -hmm. that was a bit challenging. Obviously, 50% of the population is going to have like a period at some point. So why do you think it is that the topic is still so taboo? You know, it's such a strange when you actually say it out loud like that, that, you know, 50% have it. It happens to a woman every single month that mm -hmm. how are we not talking about it more and how is it not normalized? And I think, you know, for as long as I can remember, it's just never been seen or put on the agenda to talk about. Um, mm -hmm. And when you talk about within sport, you know, the only time I really spoke about it was to, to talk about what contraceptive you might want to go on to, to stop that period from happening whilst you're at a big major tournament or something. Mm -hmm. So I think the level of understanding around it and, um, you know, the level of being brave enough to have those conversations and it being open is probably what keeps it in the background. And mm -hmm. You know, like I said there, but when I first started my period, there was a lot of embarrassment and maybe even some shame about it. And I think that is probably, you know, a system thing from, right from when you're a young child at school, when you get your period. Um, I remember distinctly at junior school, we got given some non-applicated tampons mm -hmm. and a little picture diagram and that was all. And so I think it, it like even just that, Make, makes it feel like oh this is a secret you don't talk about it here's your little pack now you go away and deal with it and I think right from the get-go from when you're such a young age it's not just an open spoken thing which means it continues to be this taboo um, and that narrative really really needs to change. 
And I know you're doing work with um with younger girls and that. And you know, we're talking about like girls in sport. And in Ireland, it's twice as many girls drop out of sport as boys by the age of 14. And, and I know worldwide and um, there are similar statistics as well. So um if we can open up the conversation around periods around menstrual cycle, get rid of some of that shame and embarrassment that you're talking about, like how much of a difference do you think that, that could make? Yeah, I think it can make a huge difference. I think if you make if you normalize anything and uh, you know, help girls understand that you're not the only one that's going through what you're going. Mm-hmm. And actually that breaks down those barriers and those concerns. And I think, you know, I've been in team situations where um, players that you know, or I know I'm about to come on my period, my mood changes, I'm slightly different. But if we're aware of all of that and we can be accommodating to that and supportive towards that, then actually that just breaks down that barrier because I know it's going to happen every single month. So I need to be able mm-hmm. to manage what that looks like every single month. I can't just kind of run away and be quiet about it every single month. And um, I certainly think the more that we can do to normalize it and talk about it, and this isn't just women, I think, you know, men need to understand that, you know, most men have a female in their life, whether it's a mother, a sister, you know, a daughter, a girlfriend, a wife. And, um, you know, they're going to be going through these things. So I think there needs to be like a general understanding um, from both female and males, but also just being kind of open enough to discuss them and talk about them because then it's normal. Yeah, absolutely. And like in a sport like rugby and and in a lot of uh, other sports, like they still predominantly male coaches. So it is something that they are going to come up against. And if we can have that open conversation, whether it's between the players, whether it's between a coach and a player, um, you know, depending on the age group that coaches may have, they may not always be comfortable in being the person to talk to, say if it's 12 or 13 or 14 year old girls, but to definitely start the conversation even within the club. What was your experience of conversation around periods and menstrual cycle uh, through your playing career? Um, so definitely at grassroots, you know, growing up, never was it spoken about. Mm-hmm. Um, I even think even when I moved from Plex, obviously I played um, my youth rugby was with a mixed squad, so it was with boys. Mm-hmm. It certainly was never spoken about then. Um, and then I went into an all-girls team. And I can't recall any conversation around, you know, anything to do with periods um, mm-hmm. other than, oh, are you on? Like that, that, that was the extent of the conversation. Yeah, yeah. Um, or, or now in the change rooms, like, has anybody got a Tampax or, or has anybody got anything because they might have just come on their period or they've forgotten something? So they were kind of like the extent of any, you know, words around it, let alone mm-hmm. a conversation. Um, and even at my international career for a, a really, really long time, there was never a deep dive into it. It was always slightly touched on every now and then or, mm-hmm. Um, but it was never kind of like sat down and actually go right what let's really look at your cycle in depth and let's let's make sure that you understand your cycle as an individual and then now how can you maximize your time around your Mm -hmm. cycle because I think there's there's so much negative that can come with what people's perceptions and what you physically go through with having your menstrual cycle but there's also some gains to be had as well Mm -hmm. and I think that that's the other side of it it's like well actually if we if we understand it then we can actually use it as a, a superpower of ours um and so I think the more conversations that can happen and just being open but but I do think women have a responsibility to actually educate themselves as well I think a lot of women just kind of go oh, I have a cycle or I'm on my period and they think that's it but actually there's four stages which and all those four stages you're going through different things and your body needs different things 
and your body can give different things but mm-hmm. I think a lot of women and, and probably again my point earlier around being a system situation you know when I was at school I was given a little packet of tampons and that was my education on what my cycle was so for so long I just thought my period was for five days once a month and, that, and that's mm-hmm. it that's all to it you know I'm just gonna bleed for five days and then I'll be I won't be for a while and then another five days so I think the more that we understand it is really really important and um with the girls rugby club we did some really good um we've done some couple of menstrual talks and we had so many like to your point around male coaches we had so many male coaches going well how do we approach this how do we mm-hmm. and you know they've come up with some brilliant ways and initiatives where you know the player group have come up with a word that they feel more comfortable saying and using they make sure that they've got supplies in their medical bag you know all these things that just again make that um, environment a lot more welcoming and normal for the young girl being involved and I think the more we can share with those types of practical ways of breaking down those barriers and making sure that mm-hmm. the experience is good and it's not a case of you know you end up putting a person a, a young girl off because she's had a bad experience around her period and then suddenly that becomes her experience and then she moves away from the sport so yes. I think there's some great ways that we can really improve those kind of conversations around it yeah and like obviously everyone's gonna be different and I suppose as people get older as well they can maybe become a little bit more comfortable talking about it I think like some of the the key years to connect with girls are you know through their teenage years usually if you if you see people stay involved in sport from kind of 18 to 20 plus they probably have like figured out like the logistics of things they're probably you know less concerned about like you know shaving their legs like all those other things that girls can be a bit self-conscious about but it, it really is critical I suppose during those like you know 10 11 12 like right up to kind of 16 17 to you know make people feel comfortable make them educated around around the topic and um it doesn't have to be all overwhelming in one go like you can kind of start off I suppose with the with the logistics and like how you know how you can still manage sports and you know letting people know about the different products that are out there um and and just starting the conversation um you obviously have played for England and, and you've played in white shorts like there's a lot of conversation there around um you know should people be playing in like darker shorts whether it's navy or black or like a dark green uh versus in, in white I know that's a conversation that a lot of clubs are having and um uh, you know a lot of people are very passionate about it and some people are a little bit on the fence because they're like you know want to say true to kind of their club but like how like what what is your kind of thoughts and opinion on that um you know especially at club level yeah I think it's it's like you say it's quite a challenging one because you know some some people won't even consider it or think about it or worry mm-hmm. about it um and then there'll be some people that feel really uncomfortable during their period when they're say representing England and they've got to be in white shorts mm-hmm. again I, I think there's there's now solutions I think previous I never ever heard about period pants or yeah. undershorts that support that element. There's like, you know, I work with um with Adidas and I've got leggings which have another layer of protection. I've got um, cycling shorts that have another layer of protection. So when I'm doing my activity whilst I'm on my period, there will be the products that I use. And I think if we can um, protect and then those values around wanting to play in your club colours or wanting to play in your um, country's colours can stay true, but you've got that level of protection around you, mm-hmm. then that's probably going to reduce those worries and concerns. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But having said that, players might not be comfortable playing in those undergarments, etc. So I think it's um, it's a challenging topic and it's something that probably is going to take a bit of time to, to just like, discuss through. I did a um, an article about this a couple of uh, months ago and my, my biggest thing was just talk to the playing group. Mm-hmm. So you might have an idea that it's not acceptable and or, or somebody else might have a be on the other side of it going, well, no, I think it's fine. We can put these products in place and it's fine. Just sit with that playing group and say, right, where do we really, what, is there an issue here? And if, you know, 80% of the players are like, no, I feel absolutely fine. I feel comfortable. You know, you might have, I don't know, 20% that, don't have a period because they're on some form of contraception or you know or method to to reduce that so i just think whatever those stages are taken to get to those decisions just making sure that the people who it's affecting are involved in those conversations and i think you had mentioned before like international level is one thing but then at a club level um you know if it is just switching the color shorts that it it, it might be the right choice to keep those 11, 12, 13 year old girls in sport. hundred percent. And I think, you know, if, if we know that that's going to be an area of barrier, then you can take those kind of decisions um, you know, into your own hands. And I think, you know, when mm-hmm. you're playing sport at the age of 11 or 12 or 13, and there's no disrespect, I know a lot of people compete at a very high level at those ages, but they're the ages where we just want them to enjoy themselves, be active and keep coming back. So whatever the barriers are that, potentially could get in the way and mm-hmm. there's a survey around young girls why they drop out of sport is because they sweat and there's sweat patches on their their clothing so why not use something that's gonna not show sweat patches even those girls are gonna still sweat and then we're gonna keep them in sport so I think anything that is supportive and not harmful mm-hmm. 100% act on it quickly especially at those ages so you've obviously been playing at all different types of levels from, you know, grassroots at some stage right up to international and elite level. And you must have picked up some tips along the way. So when it comes to, uh, you know, training sessions and that, like, what are some of the top tips you have around your period and your menstrual cycle? So I think it's really important that you track your cycle because otherwise you're just kind of guessing. And um, so that's the first thing that I have done for a number of years now. Mm-hmm. I've got an app called Fit Our Woman, um, and it is one of the most simple but informative and useful things because it comes with, it tells me those different stages, and it also gives me advice, like general advice mm-hmm. around, you know, okay, you're in stage one, you're probably going to need um, a little bit more time to recover, you're probably going to need to increase your carbohydrates. Training wise, you can actually push yourself in the gym this week, you know, go for those few extra reps or that higher intensity. And then it will also give you the other side of it where stage four is like, actually, you need to slow down a little bit this week. You need to do some more kind of primers because your balance might be slightly off and you've got a little bit, you've got more um, elasticity in your joints. So making sure you're doing some more priming before training. Um, And I found that really, really useful to then prepare me for whatever training I've got in front of me. Um, And also, uh, or if I've got a game that weekend, et cetera. So it just allows me to really plan. So kind of by doing one thing, tracking, it allows Mm. me to pick up all these other points. And there'll be days where, you know, you'll try and do all the right things of eating the right things and moving the right way. But sometimes you do just lose that kind of, 
you had that fatigue about you. Um, and so what I've done to combat that is um, I take active iron, which is a, an iron supplement, which just helps support your energy levels consistently. Um, and I find that that has, a, has had a huge impact mm-hmm. on just daily life, but in particular during my period. So whenever I used to get my period, it would be the two days before my energy levels really, really drop. The first day I was always in mega pain and, and that goes mm-hmm. back to my school years where I used to take a day off um, because I didn't know how to manage it other than just yeah. running away. Um, and so during my period, it's stabled that and it's actually given me, I wouldn't say more energy, but it's kept my energy levels at a, a really reasonable rate. And I think that's important that you find ways that works for you as an individual. And so taking a supplement um, has really really supported me and it was it's only really been in like the last two years that I've considered that because I think mm-hmm. yeah like we are losing blood and a big part of your blood is is has a high iron count so when I do weight training I have protein to support that training and my body but we never talk about well, what supplements should we be having in order to support our period and mm-hmm. It's such a simple thing, but I, I wonder how many females actually put the two together. Yeah, yeah. And you mentioned there that you took a day off school. Talk to us a little bit about that. Like, how long did that go on for? Like, what impact, I suppose, is your period having on you at that stage? Yeah, so I used to often take the first day of my period off school if it clashed with a school day, or I would attempt to, to go to school, but often will find myself in the nurse's office. Um, like crippled with cramp, um, just feeling really low, um, fatigue levels dropping. Um, and so that that probably impacted my confidence around my period. And I guess it probably made it quite obvious that I was having my period as well as there's a bit of a common theme and pattern. Um, but again, never, I, I remember we went to the doctor about it and was just given some painkillers, given some specific prescribed painkillers to support the pain which I was on I'm pretty sure it was daily so I started my period when I was 11 so I was quite young um to remember exactly how or what those tablets were or how often I took them but again I'm sitting here even reflecting right now like that shouldn't be the only solution it's just take this pill and you'll be fine um and so it had a it had a huge impact when you think about it on you know, one one day every month taking off school over a school year, you know, and I wasn't somebody who was academic, so I couldn't really afford to, to miss those days. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and then finding only way to manage it is, is by using um, pain relief um, medication, again, is, is probably a highlight of, of where the education was even mm-hmm. there even kind of look diving into how we can how we can support a young girl who's going through that differently yeah and what when did you kind of experience the pain like reducing or what did you do to change that that you weren't maybe relying on pain relief all the time so I I then when I was kind of at the age of like 16 17 my rugby started to get a lot more serious and so that was when then I had a conversation around or, or was given some advice around well you can use contraceptives so that you can mm-hmm. reduce your periods or not have one at all so I went through a stage of having different types of um, contraceptive 
um, pills to, to basically either get rid of my period. And, and again, that was a little bit born out of fear around if you're on your period, you might get injured and all of that, as opposed to actually really understanding that properly. Mm-hmm. I probably only understood a snippet of that for, oh, yeah, right, okay, I get rid of my period altogether. Um, so again, it's just that lack of education. But mm-hmm. the, pain, the pain I still get some but not to the level where I can't function or don't want to function um so yeah I definitely say that I've learned how to manage those kind of symptoms and the ways forward without relying on medication Mm -hmm. yeah I know it's definitely tough and like you know I guess the reason that I kind of asked a little bit more about it was because you know to think that like one day a month that you were have to step out of school and like depending on you know the person like if that carried on because I know sometimes people can kind of grow out of some of the symptoms but if that carries on into into your work life it can be very challenging as well and um you know it is you know it, it is a significant kind of amount of time you know over over one's like lifetime or over a couple of years that they're kind of having to step out because of you know something that we can't even control yeah, and I think, you know, this whole conversation is around why is it such a taboo when women are going to go through this for a very, very long mm-hmm. time, you know, until unfortunately they might hit menopause and then that could produce. But I think, again, it's like you want to get the best out of you. So if you understand you enough and if people are educated around that, then that allows you to be the best, your best self, which then allows you to, as you say, whether that's in the working world or whether that's in school, mm-hmm you're able to to be your best self um and yeah it just it's it just shocks me how we're still so timid about it or we're ashamed about it mm-hmm. or you know if we go to the toilet we've got to have a special bag that tampons are in that nobody sees and it's like it's just a period that happens like it happens <laughs> yeah yeah it's normal yeah it's absolutely normal there's nothing disgusting about it my my body has to do this in order to function and yeah I should like it's hard to I think especially for young girls to think it's something to be really proud of um mm. and I'm not sure this is where we want to get to but you know if you're not having a period then that can often mean that there's some underlying health issues and concerns yeah. so you know celebrating the fact that you do your body does go through this every single month it is you know incredible and if it's managed well then like I said right at the start it can be used as a superpower for you as well yeah and that would be something that we would try to make people aware of like if you are missing your period like if, you, if you've had your period for a while and then you start to miss it for a couple of months like it is usually a warning signal so definitely go and speak to a doctor and you know find out what the um you know what the issue might be because it can be down to like you know under fueling overtraining tiredness like there's a lot of different things it's just about making sure that you're you know balancing everything okay and making sure they have everything under control I do have a question for you um you know like people would say sometimes oh they must be on their on their periods like what do you think of that kind of comment or remark yeah I just think it's um it's just a real lack of awareness of you know what's happening to that female's body like naturally when we go through those stages it your body's changing and it's reacting differently to the chemicals that are going on and and I just think it's it's just really sloppy it's an easy mm. it's an easy way to have a pop at someone when actually yeah. the person who's saying that to you may be in the wrong and they've done something wrong and I've reacted in a stern way and suddenly now it's like oh she must be on like yeah yeah and you can hear people say it to men as well and it's always like kind of negative connotations whether it's man or a woman 
what it's just like kind of using, you know, your period and what people associate people's mood and humor uh, to be on their period. Yeah, well, I think, but they're the things that we probably only ever talk about. You know, we only ever talk about how you get a mood swing or all be careful, be a bit, bit um, you know, sensitive around them this week because we talk about the um, PMS symptoms probably mm-hmm. more than anything else. <laughs> and so, you know, for everyone's focus to then be on that. But if we change that narrative around, you know, the positive side of things, yeah, yeah. then, and we get people thinking and talking about that and aware of that, then actually maybe they don't just focus on, you know, if I wake up and I'm in a bad mood, like it has nothing to do with my mental cycle. It might just be you, actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it can. Like, it, it definitely can. Like, it may be nothing to do with, like, anyone's mental cycle or the fact that they're on their period. As you said, it could just be, you know, you, you know, someone is irritating you. And it's just like that. That's kind of a, maybe a go-to kind of, um, you know, slag or, like, someone teasing you kind of over that. And it's like, as you said, it's like a negative connotation with that. But the other thing is, like, you know, sometimes people do experience mood swings, but also, like, there can be a bit of, like, stress associated with, like, having your period and and that's nothing to take into consideration any like pain or or anything that people might be going through but just around like logistically like you know if you're out of your normal routine it can be like quite difficult like um you know do you know if you're gonna have access to your bathroom and you know if you're like on the go for a day like things can be all kind of a little bit haphazard which can kind of have someone's mind kind of running to try and like figure out how to you know, manage having their period while also managing getting through like their daily activities. So, you know, while you might not seem like A1 like you normally do, it can be like that you're just trying to figure out like, you know, getting to the bathroom and, you know, you know, people don't want to leak on their trousers or on a dress or like whatever it might be, or if it's involved in sport, like on the pitch. So um, there can be a lot going on kind of behind the scenes. And um, it's not something that we always kind of you know sometimes you're happy enough to talk about it but then sometimes at the same time you're like just let me kind of try and figure it out and give me a bit of space to sort out myself yeah 100 and I think that that one around uh, which I think is becoming more of a topic is making sure that there's toilets that are suitable mm-hmm. for women you know how many times have I been in a, a situation where there is no sanitary bin or mm-hmm. stadiums aren't fit for purpose for women to be in and you know those conversations are happening and that involves everybody because there'll be yeah. people in events or stadia or um you know people who are part of organizing that are men and that are women so the more we bring in those conversations then the more we can make those even those barriers you know a situation oh I'm not going to go there because there's no facilities for me to be able to Mm. change my my tampon or my sanctuary towel and um yeah I think it's just there's so many little moving parts that can just really change the whole kind of vision and like you said earlier the perception of a menstrual cycle Mm -hmm. And I suppose um, the last thing is, have you any other advice for people when it comes to menstrual cycular periods and um, maybe particularly for kind of 12 and 13 year old girls? I think um, definitely the tracking one is really important. Um, and I think ask questions, you know, mm-hmm. that if you think about how much information is readily available and, you know, be careful where you get your sources from. Um, it is a bit of a minefield, but the opportunity to learn stuff online now around your periods it is really there. Um, whereas, you know, that was didn't exist when we were younger. We, you know, we just mm-hmm. got really scary diagram in the tampon box (laughs) um so I definitely say kind of educate yourself track it and 
I guess just be just be proud of it. Just be proud mm-hmm. that you have um, a period because it is a really um, special thing that your body is doing. Um, and then the last one I would say is just try your hardest to be brave around it. So, you know, there's times where I'll just say it as it is, mm-hmm. you know, oh, I'm on my period. I need to go change my tampon because the more we do that, the more we can help normalise it. Yeah, no, that was great. Thanks so much, Rachel, for taking the time with us. I think there's loads of like good stories. It's great to keep the conversation going and great to get some advice off you. So thanks a million for joining us on the period panel. Thank you. And thank you for creating a platform to allow us to have these conversations and keep getting it out there worldwide.